This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Well, it's a happy night for Dawn Staley. Who wouldn't want to be Dawn Staley? I wouldn't mind being Dawn Staley. Pat, would you like to be Dawn Staley? Chris, would you like to be Dawn Staley? I'd be happy to be Dawn Staley. <laughs> to look at her athletic career, her coaching career, her pocketbook. Yeah, pocket I mean, book, it, it'd be pretty book. nice to be, be Dawn Staley these days. Nice to be king and queen, you know? No doubt. Queen of uh, women's basketball, king of South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, because they got uh, the commitment today just a little while ago from Joyce Edwards. They say she's a good player from Camden and another uh, allegedly uh, solid, uh, strong uh, pickup for the USC women as they continue to uh, attract uh, the best players in South Carolina, attract the best players in the country. South Carolina Clemson tomorrow night at the uh, Colonial Life Arena in women's basketball. It, It should I don't know. We'll see how far the Clemson program has come, right, Chris? I mean, you want to measure yourself against the best. Well, sure. Number one, that's South Carolina. Uh, Clemson trying to get there. They they feel like they've got to better players and uh, maybe uh, recruited the best player they've ever recruited in in the next class. So we'll, we'll see how far Amanda Butler has brought her program. Yeah, and this is a, obviously a big-time measuring stick in the state as – how in the world do I compete with the best team, not just in our state, but in our, our country most, most years? And I don't think this year is any different. What I've seen thus far from the Gamecocks, though, if Amanda Butler's team has any hope, you've got to find a way to make it a half-court game. And I just don't know that they're capable to prevent South Carolina from getting out and running. This is an entirely different look for them than we've seen out of the Gamecocks the last couple of years. They can't get it inside when necessary. But they can now shoot the three, and they run in transition about as well as anybody. And I just don't know that Clemson can stay on the floor with them. But we'll see. And and if they're close going into the fourth quarter, whether they win or lose, that's a win for Amanda Butler, I think. Yeah, and and the night's not over for South Carolina. For the men, there is a, a player, Eli Ellis, six one guard out of North Carolina, goes to to one of those prep schools in North Carolina, and he is announcing tonight. About uh, 7.30, I think it is. And Jamie Shaw, who's a college basketball recruiting analyst for On3, he's projected him to South Carolina. Jamie is seldom wrong when it comes to that stuff. So the Gamecocks men, they may be picking up a prospect here as well, 25 class. Uh, Ellis is supposed to be an excellent outside shooter. Uh, I mean, look, everybody wants shooters, right? But it certainly Mm -hmm. seems like Lamont Paris is – is steering uh, his program now towards uh, living outside the three-point line. Get as many um, great shooters as you can. And there's probably, you know, when you think about it, for his level program right now, there's probably more quality uh, shooting guards that you can get at a place like South Carolina compared to, say, you know, bigger men, 6'7", 6'8", and bigger who are – being um, you know, picked up by the Blue Bloods who, who pretty much dominate that area of recruiting. 
Well, that's sort of in Lamont Paris's DNA. You look even last year, if you go through the uh, three-point shooting uh, statistics of all the teams in college basketball last season, I think Chattanooga was either number one or in the top five in terms of most makes per game. I think they averaged somewhere in the neighborhood of 11, and that's obviously something, a foundation that Lamont Paris built before he left to come to South Carolina. And already through three ball games, even the VMI game, they didn't shoot it all that well, but they looked like a much better shooting team. You know, we always heard this, one knock on Frank Martin, I think we always heard him say at the beginning of the year, I've got the best shooting team I've ever had. Mm. And then they go out and shoot, you know, 38% most of the season. You wonder, well, what did he see that didn't translate to the floor? This team, at least through a couple of ball games, really small sample size, but they looked like a very good outside shooting team. And it helps when you've got a guy like B.J. Mack who can go inside, but then also take it outside the perimeter and shoot from three-point range. B.J. Mack has looked very good, very good mm-hmm, for I them agree. through the first three games. So and we'll see the Gamecocks uh, going out to Arizona playing on Friday night, uh, 11.30. Eastern time out there. So, all right, we got football, of course, on our minds tonight. Uh, Chalk Talk, uh, Chuck and Ellis will be with us a little bit after 7 o'clock. Looking forward to hearing from them. Otherwise, right now, we'll take your phone calls, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. A couple of folks are waiting. We'll get to your phone calls here momentarily. Talk about some other uh, news notes of the day. I think maybe the most significant thing that I ran across today, I was over at South Carolina for the visit with the coordinators. All three of them uh, came through. Dowell Loggins, the offensive coordinator, was, of course, asked about the opening at Arkansas. And I thought he kind of gave a non-denial, not even a denial. Uh, he talked more about how much they love South Carolina, how his wife and his kids, they, they love it where they are. Uh, who really uh, enjoys and respects uh, 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 Shane Beamer and and, and likes uh, working for him. He loves the environment, the whole deal. He, he loves where he is. But, you know, as he pointed out, uh, Arkansas is his alma mater. It's where he played. It's where he coached. Uh, his wife was a cheerleader there. Hello. Um, so they've got very strong ties. But here's the question. I was, uh, I was texting with a – a correspondent in Arkansas who really doesn't doesn't believe that uh, that Loggins would be a strong candidate for the OC job. His thought was he's not sure that Pittman is going to survive this year, though Pittman yeah. has said he's not concerned. But you never know. These decisions, they come out of the blue, as Jimbo Fisher found out. They just can come out of the blue. You think you're okay, and then uh, some power broker gets it moving behind the scenes. Next thing you know, you're getting uh, paid off. So uh, the 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 um, the information I got from my contact out there was he did not think that even if Pittman is there and the OC job you know, is open and, and Pittman is looking, he did not believe that Loggins would be a uh, strong candidate uh, for the job. So the point is, you know, Loggins said today that he really likes South Carolina. He loves working with the players. Uh, he didn't come out and say, I guess maybe you don't do this, but he didn't come out and flat out say, hey, look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. Don't even worry about that kind of stuff, um, which kind of left his explanation open for a little bit of interpretation. Yeah, I guess. I, you know, Shane Beamer came out yesterday, and I thought some of his comments were pretty stern to his assistants. 
They better not be looking at other jobs right now. They better be worried about Kentucky. Mm. And I think that was probably in the back of uh, uh, Dow's mind. He had to know he was going to be asked that today when he met with the media. But, I mean, the one thing you don't want to do, I mean, that's why Shane Beamer, I think it was easier for him to deny and say, I have no interest in Mississippi State, despite the fact I met my wife there. You know, I coach there. We've got a great relationship with the AD. I love Starkville, that type of thing. But this is my dream job. He didn't go to school at Mississippi State. The one thing about Dow Loggins, I mean, that's his alma mater. You don't want to come out and, and immediately say, well, I don't want that job. Because even if you don't want that job, what does that say to other OCs around the country who Arkansas may be looking for? Hmm. If a guy who went to school there and played there and coached there doesn't want to go back to Arkansas, what's going on with that program? So maybe the easiest thing for him to do is say, you know, I'm, I'm happy here at South Carolina. I'm worried about Kentucky and, and sort of leave it at that. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens moving forward. Again, Shane Beamer. If the Gamecocks uh, end up uh, losing one or both of these final games, there'll be intense scrutiny uh, about the, the the staff, especially on the defensive side. Uh, will he stick with what he's got there? Uh, I think that he will. I think that uh, you know Clayton White was his his original hire as defensive coordinator. Obviously, they have a strong relationship, and. He sees some things there that he likes and believes they can build on. I think he also understands the personnel losses that they suffered in the offseason were considerable. And and Clayton White is working with the hand uh, that was dealt him. So I don't think anybody – I mean, you can talk about schemes. You can talk about strategies. And I think Clayton White has, for the most part, handled his business uh, pretty well. It's about having the players out there making plays. You know, last year he could he could blitz and he could rely on two corners who could man cover and come up with interceptions and play good defense. Um, they're not there now. Uh, right. and, and also, you know, the, the safety play has maybe not been as good as it was last year when those two guys uh, broke in on the scene. Uh, they've got to pick it up a little bit more. Uh, you got to get with Torian Gray on that and under, try to understand why those safeties – aren't playing as well as, at least that's how it's perceived, not playing as well as they did last year. You know, I don't think that you make a change for the sake of making a change. If you like a guy, I mean, if you personally like him, he fits your culture, he's doing all the other things, maybe the the unit's not performing as, as well as you would hoped, but you live with that and you come back to battle another year and hope that you get better over there. I think continuity, I think continuity is still somewhat important in college, in college um, coaching on, this, on these staffs. I know Gamecock fans hate to hear me say this, but I think one thing that Shane Beamer has done and he's trying to do, and it's tough early to maintain some continuity, but again, mirror your program after what Clemson has done. Dabo Sweeney up until here recently had the same staff year in and year out. You heard the same message year in and year out. The recruiting message was the same because it was delivered by the same guys. And I think that's a good reason. Obviously, the players on the field was the most important reason. But I think that's a good reason why Clemson has been so good for so long because they had continuity on the staff. And if you want to look at maybe a little bit of the uh, you know bloom falling off the rose a touch as they've lost their top defensive coordinator in Brent Venables. They lost their OC in, in Tony Elliott. They've had some shakeup on that staff here recently. And and maybe that's part of the reason that Clemson has struggled a little bit here the past couple of years to their standards. There's still a lot of teams around the country that would love to be in Clemson's shoes here the past two years. All right, phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. We'll get to your phone calls here in just a moment. 
uh, to uh, pass on a couple of other things. Uh, of course, the transfer portal, John, is starting to heat up. Mississippi State running back Simeon Price has entered the portal, John. This according to On3. By the way, On3's number one portal guy, Matt Lentz, he's in the portal. He's uh, transferring to 24-7. <laughs> so good luck there. So now 24-7 has got the, the King Flusher of the portal, John, on their side. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to have season-ending surgery on a broken bone in his throwing shoulder. The Browns announced today, big blow for him, big uh, blow for the Browns. Of course, he's making a ton of money uh, since signing with the Browns. The Browns have paid him $92 million. He's played in a combined 12 games over two seasons or, on average, $7.7 million per game. And, Phil, that whole thing all season long from the Browns has just been its been head-scratching. It's been very strange. It was initially reported, what, six weeks ago now, give or take, that Deshaun Watson had a bruised, uh, what was it? Something in his shoulder was just bruised. Sternum? Bruise. No, it was his uh, rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. And But then the Browns' official statement was that team doctors had cleared Deshaun Watson to play, but that Deshaun Watson did not feel right in pregame warm-ups and elected not to play. So it almost seemed like the team throwing the player under the bus. Then the player came out saying, like, look, doctors told me I was not cleared to play. So you were getting conflicting reports from differing doctors, which I guess isn't that unheard of. But then with this, Deshaun Watson, after the game, was seen in a boot this past weekend after the Ravens game. And the public statement from the Browns was that Deshaun Watson was getting an MRI on his ankle. Mm. But then the reports came out today that during the MRI on his ankle, somehow they discovered he had a broken bone in his shoulder. It just, <laughs> just the whole thing is just baffling. Pat, you, sure don't you don't know that you don't know the you don't know the medical song, Pat. The shoulder blade is connected to the ankle bone. Oh, shoot, that that's right. That's, right. I that's, that's about why, that. you know, you put a walking boot on, you you fix your shoulder immediately. I'm not sure I want that doctor working on me. <laughs> Sir, you're supposed to be fixing my ankle. Why'd you find something in my collarbone? Also today, I guess the other big story from the high school league, the executive committee did approve a plan to alleviate competitive balance. Uh, the committee voted 12-4 to 4 to approve the out-of-zone multiplier. So now it's a formula. That will take each student who lives outside a school's assigned attendance zone and count them as three for total enrollment purposes. So such a move is expected to inflate a school's official enrollment figure and raise that school up a level or two in class for athletics. I'm reading the story here by Lou Bajak from the state. This decision to add a multiplier largely in response to fair play concerns in the state's Class A, Class 2A classes. Charter and private schools have had a arguably disproportionate amount of success in winning state championships in recent years. So now, if you do not live in that district for, like, Gray Collegiate or what have you, for every one of the students, not just athletes, every student right. who doesn't live in the district who goes to that school, you count as three people. How does that <laughs> affect funding? Public funding to the charter schools. I have no idea. I have because no we idea. all obviously we all look at it from an athletic realm. But you know, this may actually, if schools get a little bit more tax dollars because of the size of their school, may actually benefit a great collegiate, an Oceanside Collegiate uh, Legacy Charter, whatever the case may be. Because instead of looking at a you know two hundred student body enrollment, maybe they're up to six or seven hundred students because of well, the multiplier. Or is the multiplier only 
used by the high school league. I would say it's just a sports thing. I, yeah. I don't think you could provide a mythical number to, to get more uh, you know, financial uh, support because you don't actually have that number. I think it's just an athletic thing, if you ask me. Okay, uh, let's get to the phone calls. The phone number, 888-898-2525. Let's begin with Andy. Here in Columbia, Andy was with us last night, and I apologize, couldn't get to you. Andy had a lot of blowhards on the show last night, so now we start with, uh, I'm not going to say it. Welcome, Andy. How are you? Well, Corn, I was calling last night to wish you a happy birthday. Oh. And I was going to tell you the present I got you, but I'm not going to give it to you now. I actually had you set up <laughs> to get one of them fancy um, cocky pictures done at the at the Coliseum, at the CLA. Uh, <laughs> Were you going to pay the $15? I was going to I was gonna break my piggy bank and pay you the whole $15 for you to get a cocky picture. But now, since you blew me off last night, there's no cocky picture for you, so I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I'll have to uh, I'll have to find another suitor to take me down to the to the baseline and uh, and pay the fifteen dollars, or maybe we can get the family photo for fifty. Let's get a bunch of people together for family. We we'll get one for fifty. Well, I think what you should do is the um, sports talk um, family photo with cocky there, and have you, Pat, Chris, and. Uh, Smitty there, all together. Cocky doesn't and like me. Cocky. Every every time I'm around Cocky, he t- he tries to bite me. So, well, Corn, the question be a is, great Hanukkah like photo. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be a great Hanukkah card. <laughs> and another thing, you said who you know who who wouldn't want to be Don Staley? The big question is who wouldn't want to be Jimbo Fisher? Mm. Because in the next month, that man's going to have twenty. Twenty-eight million dollars, I believe, what or twenty-seven? Because didn't he get nineteen point six within the first couple of weeks, and then they have to give him his first annual payment within the next um, ten to twelve weeks? That Ten all weeks, sounds so right. Think, it's big dollars. I think before the end of the year, the man's going to have twenty-seven million sitting in his pocket, mm-hmm. and another forty-five plus million dollars on the way. Well, people are making so all I, kind of fun. I saw one tweet today where a guy figured out that overnight, just sleeping, he made ninety-eight hundred dollars <laughs> while sleeping. Hey, the best job in all of college sports is to be a fired head football coach. Ain't no doubt. Well, especially one from Texas A&M when they pile no that doubt. kind of dough on you. Yeah. I mean, holy moly. But I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Congratulations to Don for bringing in another great in-state player, as she usually does in all cases. And um, I think this young lady's going to be something special for the team. I'll tell you what, if she was the Gatorade Player of the Year, what we're seeing from um, Malaysia, I can't pronounce her last name, but young lady from Keenan, if mm-hmm. she didn't make the Gatorade. She wasn't the great Gatorade player last year. You can just imagine what kind of talent Joyce Edwards is that's going to be coming Full out. Wiley. Gatorade player. Malaysia Full, Full Wiley. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you Thank very you. Much thank that. you very much. Appreciate Y'all the call. Y'all have a great, great evening. Thank you. Thank you for Thanks, the wishes. And yeah, yeah, I mean, anytime you want to take me down to the baseline and, and pay the $15 so I can watch warm-up and then the $50 to get a picture with Cocky, we can make that happen. Uh, Craig on our stream says, Phil, Loggins did not leave it open-ended. He said he believes in what is going on in South Carolina and wants to be here. Yeah, I heard that. I was there. I kind of felt like he left it a little bit open-ended. What would you think? 
I, like I said earlier, I think he said probably as much as he could because even if he's you, – you don't want to damage your alma mater by saying, I, I have no interest in going to Arkansas because I think it, that that word gets around with, dude played there. Why doesn't he want to go back and coach? He's at South Carolina. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it from the outside as, as somebody who might be interested in the Arkansas job who's not in the SEC right now. Probably looks at South Carolina and thinks, you know, going to Arkansas may be a step up for Dowell Loggins. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he want to take that job? So you, you you eliminate putting that out there by just saying what he did. And, again, I think part of it was what Coach Beamer said yesterday about the assistants. They better not be worried about other jobs. <laughs> they better be worried about Kentucky. True that. Let's go back to the phones, 888-898-2525. I think we have Coach John Day with us. Coach John Day, highly successful veteran coach out of Columbia, now in the card show business must have an event coming up coach welcome how are you must be right phil uh coming up on sunday by the way back in the early 80s when we were coaching uh over at brooklyn casey we got news that jackie Sherrill was going to texas a&m and we almost fell out of our seats collectively when we heard he was going to make $167,000. Think about that now. We fell out of our chair. We said, can't pay somebody $167,000 to coach football anywhere. Well, let me, let me throw this at you. Since you're in the card business, I heard out of New York, there's going to be an auction, I think it's like maybe Friday, on like the rarest of baseball cards. They found they've got a Babe Ruth a uh, minor league baseball card when he was with the Baltimore Orioles and the Orioles were a minor league team. There's like 12 yeah. of these cards in existence. They said the bidding will start at about $12 million. Ooh, I didn't know where they were going to start the bidding. I know that uh, the Mantle card is the height of it at 12.5 or 12.4, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I figured it – they said they were speculating that he was going to get more than that. So if they're going to start him at 12, he's certainly going to get more of that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't realize where they were going to start the bidding. Yeah, I think I'm right on that. Maybe I, I, it was either start at 12 or maybe they were saying they think it could it could go for 12. I heard, I yeah. heard they thought he could get it in that range. But yeah. it could be that they're starting there, Phil. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't read the final on it. But yes, uh, the car business can be really good, especially at the upper level. As can the football coaching business be good at the upper level? This is true. You know, when, you, when you're getting the kind of money he, uh, Jimbo's getting, uh, that's a start. But mm-hmm. uh, I do I remember that Jackie Sherrill business, and we did. We thought that was most unbelievable mm-hmm. that he would get $167,000, Coach. Now that's, uh, that's, that's lunch money for these guys. What you, <laughs> what you got on your card show coming up? Okay, we're going on Sunday this week, the 19th. Coming up, uh, day after the Kentucky game, and we'll be out at the Embassy Suites, Greystone, at the zoo exit. We'll be there from 10 until 4. Mm-hmm. I'll have about 35 dealers, vendors, and about 65 tables, one of our better shows. And we're going to try to spruce it up. Uh, I'm going to try to spruce it up a little bit with some Clemson, Carolina uh, memorabilia. And I've got a one or two guys who are going to bring some with them. And so we think since that's coming up next week, that might be a good time to uh, show off a little Clemson and South Carolina football memorabilia. So you can look for that also. Par- parking is free as, all, as always, as is the admission. No admission price 
free parking. So we look uh, look to have a nice crowd. Excellent. Good luck to you. Keep in touch. It's always fun hearing from you. Thank you, Phil. Thank I'll you. See you later, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Speaking of that kind of memorabilia, guys, the other day on Twitter or X, somebody had a piece of video. I think it came from Andy Safran in Columbia, who's a huge memorabilia collector, collector from the Gamecock side. He had video from back in the 1970s of Mickey Mantle speaking to a group of USC baseball players on a visit for Bobby Richardson when Richardson was I the coach. I saw that. Did you I see saw that? that over the weekend? Yes, and, I did. It and was he, he was stuff. teaching them how to drag bunt. Mm-hmm. How about that, huh? That's some unbelievable video. Imagine having Mickey Mantle come speak to you as a ball player, and these guys would have been uh, their dads would have, I guess, been idols. You know, looked at Mickey Mantle as an idol. That's that that was their guy growing up, and then that you know clearly a chance for them to get a chance to see him would have been amazing. Too bad that they don't teach drag bunting anymore, though. Mm. I just love the sideburns. <laughs> the sideburns, I mean, does that not say mid-70s star athlete, baseball player, the mm-hmm. very the one-inch wide and about five-inch long sideburns is awesome. All right, be back in a moment. Back on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. On a Wednesday night, Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel will have Chalk Talk, Coach Reedy, Coach Ellis coming up. SC Wild, Major Billy Downer, the granddad, coming up at 735. Going to be talking about waterfowl season in South Carolina, which is opening up this weekend. So get your questions. Your comments for the major ready, or just sit back and be prepared to listen to what he has to say about that. He'll have a lot of good stuff to say, I'm sure. And our phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you right here on Sports Talk. Let's update a couple of other things. We touched on uh, the top stories of the day. Joyce Edwards commits to South Carolina. Eli Ellis, the 6'1", 2025 guards, announcing at 730 College of Charleston is one of the other schools on his short list. It's South Carolina, Charleston, VCU, Mississippi State, and Virginia Tech. He's been pegged by Jamie Shaw for South Carolina. So we'll see if that comes down at 7.30 tonight for the Gamecocks. Be another nice pickup there for Lamont Paris. <clears throat> Clemson defensive coordinator Wes Goodwin is a nominee for the Broyles Award as college football's top assistant coach. Also among the nominated are Spring Valley grad Travis Williams, who's the D.C. and linebacker coach at Arkansas. Also on the list are former USC offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, now the O.C. QB coach at Georgia, Troy, D.C., Greg Gasparato, the son of former USC assistant Nick Gasparato and a former safety at Wofford, and Tulane, D.C., Shield Wood, Wofford grad and former D.C. with the Terriers. So Wofford getting some love there. 
from the uh, from the award, except it's not their coaches. It's it's people who came through Wofford. In our poll question of the week, who's going to win the Palmetto Bowl a week from Saturday based on what you've seen of the teams to this point? And uh, South Carolina continues to hold a comfortable edge, 521 votes, 55.9% vote the Gamecocks, 44.1% vote the Tigers. Have you, Chris Bergen, have you made up your mind yet who's going to win that game? I have not. I think a lot of it depends on what happens with South Carolina this weekend. Because if they lose against Kentucky, you wonder, again, it's the in-state rivalry. I get it. But I think that will take a little bit of steam out of the Gamecock sales if they're not playing for anything other than just to beat Clemson. I think they'll be a much more motivated team if they beat Kentucky and have the win over Clemson and also a bowl bid uh, riding on that game next weekend. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to beat Kentucky. So I think they're going to have I do too. a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum, and, and then we'll we'll think about uh, what's going to happen there. But I think they'll beat Kentucky, be 5-6, and six, and then have everything on the line when they uh, take on Clemson. Former Gamecock tied in Hayden Hurst with the Panthers is in concussion protocol. And the Clemson released the 24 baseball schedule today. The Tigers will open their season at home three-game series against Xavier, and that will be on February 16th. The ACC opener will be March 15th at Duke. The ACC home opener will be the next weekend against Florida State. The Tigers will play five ACC home series and a like number on the road. The annual three-game series with South Carolina will start in Columbia March 1st. The neutral site for game number two, which is controlled in 2024 by the Gamecocks, has not yet been determined. Game three will be Sunday, March 3rd at Clemson. Clemson will be the team responsible for the 25 neutral site game. So Can with we the get first rid of it? Game, with the first game, <laughs> with the first game being played in Columbia, I think, I mean, from a travel standpoint, that eliminates uh, Charleston – Oh, yeah. And Myrtle Beach. You're not going to go east for your second game, which means – and I don't think they'll go to uh, – they could go to Augusta if Augusta makes a big play. You know, it could be – I think it'll be one of two parks. I think it'll be either um, up in Greenville at uh, the park there um, where where it's uh, – you know, where it's been held many, many times. Uh, help me out. That's um, – it's where the drive play. I, I don't yeah, know the I'm, name of the facility. I should know um, that. Uh, what uh, is that? Floor field. Floor field. Floor field. There we go. I think it'll either be there or the Pro Park Sacred in Park. Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but we'll see. They've done that before. They had. I think they've had that second game, that neutral site game in uh, in Columbia at the mm-hmm. at the Pro Park once before. So I, that would yeah. be my guess with the first game being in Columbia. Uh, that would be, be my guess. So much. It'd be so great to have, I don't know, all three games at one locale on campus, you know, like college games are supposed to be played. Mm, yep. You just but do not that's like just me. You just do not like neutral site games. I see that um, some of the other teams on the Clemson schedule include uh, Presbyterian, Kennesaw State, and Upstate, and uh, Kansas State. Kansas State's stopping in Columbia for a Wednesday game. How about that? Just <laughs> come on weird. in, Kansas State. That's uh, they got Greensboro, uh, a couple of games with Manhattan. Uh, they got Winthrop. They got Coastal. 
Um, they've got, uh, like I said, Upstate. They've got Charlotte um, and and then Coastal. I guess I should talk about the league series that are that are home and away and where they fall. So we mentioned they'll open at Duke, and then their first home series will be Florida State. Then they'll go – their next ACC series will be at Miami, and then – a trip to Notre Dame. So three of their first four <clears throat> ACC series will be on the road. Then they come home for NC State and then Pittsburgh. Uh, they go to Louisville, host Georgia Tech, play at Wake Forest, and finish up at home against Boston College. And, of course, they'll also play Georgia a couple of times home and away as part of that schedule. So there you And go. I tell you, from, from people who know baseball over at Coastal a lot better than I do, they say look out for the Shawnee Clears. This be as good a team as uh, Gilly has had in a, in a while, and it would be appropriate, wouldn't it, in his last year. If, and they're actually going to Omaha during the regular season. Oh, They're playing Creighton, really? but they're going to be out there. So wouldn't it be appropriate and, and fascinating and fun if he's able to guide them back there for the World Series one final time before he retires? So they'll go to Omaha to play, but they won't play uh, South Carolina or vice versa. That's just <laughs> – Exactly. Go figure. All right, Triple well, H. told us that's not on Coastal. Oh, I know. He wants that game. He's wanted that game for years. I know. I, and it should be played. It should be mm-hmm. played. All right, Triple H, 898-2525. Let's go to a Gamecock Larry in Columbia for our next call. Gamecock Larry, welcome in. Hope you're doing well. Doing well, Phil. I know you are a tiger mind, but I got a question to ask you. Uh, what is the ladies' Gamecock record for the last last two seasons? I I got sixty-seven and one. Is that right? That sounds about right to That's me, without yep. looking at it myself. Well, you know, I, tr- I trust I your math. I don't think I don't think Connecticut done too much better than that. Well, they might have. I I don't follow nobody but the Gamecocks. And check the Tigers once in a while, but uh, yeah, they—I'm telling you, mm. man, oh man, I was too bright, too early to buy for this year, but they sure look good. And Dabo, come on down, the twenty-fifth. I got you right, ready to go back to Tigerland with your tail stuck. Swing your legs. Mm. Go Gamecocks. Talk to you later. Love on, y'all. Thank you, Larry. Always good hearing from uh, Gamecock Larry. Glad to hear that he's in full throat. He sounds like he's feeling pretty <laughs> well, huh? <laughs> yes, he does. And Carolina women went 36-2 and two, two seasons ago and then 36-1, and one, of course, last year. So uh, that's, what, 72-3? and three? They've been really good. <laughs> Pretty they've, good. They've now, really Connecticut, good. keep in mind, Connecticut is still the standard. They won, what, 100 and some odd games in a row. So, uh, yeah, Connecticut's still the standard. But right now, uh, it's, it's hard to be much better than what South Carolina has done the last few years. I would agree. All right, thank you, Larry. Phone number 888-898-2525. Got a couple lines open if you want to join us here on Sports Talk. We're going to jump to our break in just a moment and then uh, continue with more of your calls. Chalk Talk coming up after the top of the hour break, and then a visit with Major Billy Downer from the Department of Natural Resources as we talk about the great outdoors in South Carolina. And he's going to be focusing on waterfowl season, which opens up this coming weekend in South Carolina. So if you're a duck, 
you might want to go somewhere else starting uh, this weekend, right? <laughs> you might yeah, want to no head. Doubt. You might want to head uh, north if you can get out of town. You might want to head north uh, as quickly as you can. Uh, you were in on the conference call today with Coach Tim Beck, and I guess it's going to be the number three QB starting at Army. It is. As of today, as of now, as uh, Tim Beck said, it'll be Ethan, uh, Ethan Vasco to go again. Jarrett Guest is available, but uh, he was not committal to uh, – Beck was not committal to saying he would play, but he did say Ethan Beck would start. Grayson McCall, the only thing that he did say for sure, Grayson McCall is not available this week. He's getting better, but he's still not been cleared, so he's not going to play this week. Do you think there's any chance he's going to play uh, by the end of the season? Well, you figure – They've got guaranteed three more games left this weekend against James Madison next weekend and then the bowl. Now, if they beat James Madison next weekend, they would play for the Sun Belt title, so they could have as many as four games left. It, it sounds encouraging from the standpoint of how Grayson's health is getting better week in and week out, but you get to a point that I, I just don't know that he's going to come back. And, uh, you know, they miss him. Yeah, it's like saying South Carolina keeps winning, but uh, Spencer Rattler is not back there. They would miss Spencer Rattler. Gamecocks, uh, excuse me, the uh, Shauna Clears certainly miss Grayson McCall. There's no question, but everybody else has sort of stepped up around him uh, to try and fill the void, and they've they've not lost since he got hurt. So I, they're they're not missing him from win loss perspective. I just don't I just don't feel like he's going to get back out there. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see him play one more time before he leaves CCU. I just don't know that that's in the cards. Kind of like Juice Wells, you know. Exactly. Yeah, another another great example. Yeah, I think the feeling is that probably not going to make it back for obviously not Kentucky and, and probably not uh, a Clemson game either. If the Gamecocks were to make a bowl, uh, would he be interested in playing in a bowl game uh, or would he be interested in getting healthy and then go ahead and, and testing his stock uh, in the NFL draft? Uh, but, the, but would another year in college uh, help, his, help raise his stock? How are the – how are the scouts going to look at him? Do they go strictly off of last year's tape and say, okay, we see enough here to know what we've got, or would we like to see another year in college? That'll be something that uh, will have to be determined by Wells at some point. Okay, we'll go to the break. We'll come back with more of your phone calls here on Sports Talk. That number, 888-898-2525. What do you think of the high school league decision? Back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Hi, this is Major Billy Downer, and coming up tonight at 7.30, it's another edition of SC Wild from the Department of Natural Resources on the Sports Talk Media Network. 
South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seacattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is hunting season in South Carolina this fall, and folks need to be prepared from a legal standpoint. That's right, Phil. Everyone always needs to buy their hunting license or fishing license. Everyone always worries about losing their license. Well, now that's not a problem anymore because you can keep your license on your phone. That's right. Go Outdoors SC. It's an app. Look for it on your Apple or Android devices. You can buy your license. You can renew your boat registration, and it's all right there on your phone. Remember, Go Outdoors SC in your app store. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me. Alex Satterfield at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. All right, we're back on Sports Talk. Who is that guy coming into Columbia uh, this weekend for the... The Rude? Yeah, okay. Uh, and he's a what? Sandstorm author. He wrote that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's his song. That's his song. He's done quite well with it. I also saw a guy yes, tweeting he where he's going to... They got some kind of official DJ coming in. It's like... like uh, on, oh, he's a DJ. He's a Finnish DJ. That's... That's who Derude is. Well, there's is. another guy coming as a DJ, too. I saw him tweet. He said he's South Carolina's number one DJ. I didn't catch the name. Oh, wow. Yeah, they got cool. DJs all over the place. <laughs> uh, DJ here, DJ there. How about a DJ Moore? Is DJ Moore coming to, to watch the game? Ba-doom, boom. D- don't know. It's a joke. Nobody gets my jokes anymore. 
either my jokes stink or you people have no sense of humor. I think it's the latter. But uh, Well, right. the one you said the other night you had to explain, and any time you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. I agree. I concur. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you give a joke and it's, there's, it's greeted by silence, you just have the urge yeah. to explain. So, All right, back to the phones, 888-898-2525. We've run through the, the board the first time, Pat, so uh, where are we going to go next? Just just go ahead and shout it out. For those that aren't aware, I'm trying to do 12 things at once right now. We're having some audio. I need, I need a second to check with these callers, Phil. Okay, well, let's check with them. Let's check them out. Yeah, we're going through a little transition because we've had uh, audio feed issues here recently on the stream that people are complaining about. We want our listeners to be happy. So we're trying a little transitional stuff tonight, and I think so far it's working. I think so far it's Good. working well, yeah, as far as I can tell. Uh, By the way, have have a little news that, that will affect Coastal in some regard. Uh, evidently, the NCAA, and this is coming from college transfer portal, it just came out and it surprises me, quite frankly, but the NCAA has ruled against James Madison, and they uh, deemed them ineligible for postseason play this season. Phil, we talked about that last week. They, they wanted a waiver to be, able, be eligible for the uh, conference championship game and also a bowl game. But that was against the rules that they signed up for when they transitioned from FCS to FBS. And I think you and I both believe the NCAA would cave. So good job for, for the NCAA of sticking to their rules. Yeah, I, I think that's the right decision. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. You, you got a rule. You know it when you make the transition. Just because you're having a fabulous season doesn't mean they should just waive the rule, you know. Right. And you knew that going in. So, I mean, if they were 0-10, would they be – lobbying for right. a, a waiver they'd be firing no, their fi- coach <laughs> all right hank in columbia let's uh, roll back to the phones hank welcome in how are you i'm doing fine corn i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mess with you today corn i'm gonna try to mess with uh chris bergen a little bit oh uh-huh. uh, you even uh-huh. knew his name that's Bring an improvement yeah uh the bird yeah uh, Ber- i was gonna ask bergen who, who is the standard in college football right now I would say Georgia. Okay, I, you got you. Yeah, Georgia. You know, it, I think when you mentioned that thing about Connecticut, they were the historical standard. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember now, it's um, the last five games that South Carolina's played Connecticut, they've won four of the last five, and Connecticut's lost three straight to them. And also, since Connecticut won their last championship, which is back in 2016, South Carolina's won two national championships and has spent over 40 weeks at number one. For the last three years, South Carolina's been number one almost every year in the poll. Uh, even when you go to last year, it was all the way, they were number one all the way up until the, the last game, and then they spent one week out of number one this year and are back number one. So historically, 100%. Connecticut was the standard. Hundred percent correct on that, Hank. But the, let me chime in. The question that uh, Larry brought up was uh, consecutive wins, how many wins they had had, and I said Connecticut was the standard because they won a hundred some odd games in a row. That's what uh, that's what Larry was chatting about. Yeah, well, so that's what I was that. responding to. Yeah, okay, because I I always give them that. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Off? I don't disagree that the we, the gamecocks on the women's side. Off. We did not cut you <laughs> off. <laughs> the gamecocks on the women's side certainly have caught and surpassed okay. a lot of teams. But in terms of the the consecutive wins, the Connecticut has the standard there, and I'm not sure anybody's going to pass that. Was that uh, 
was that a women's basketball conversation we were just having? It was, okay. and a good one. I just wanted to be sure. Uh, thank you, Hank. Uh, we continue with the phone calls as we go next to Tiger Brian. Tiger Brian. Tiger Brian over in Lancaster. Tiger Brian, welcome in. Good to have you. Hope you're well. Hope the wife is well. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that's right, man. Hey, you remember that? Did you tell your wife that? Every night. Uh, you tell her, because hey, you know what? It makes life so easy. Hey, but you know what, guys? Hey, I want everybody to know in Lancaster, I know they do it statewide. The big Thursdays at USCLs, like USC, that's what I'm doing, Aiken, everywhere. But at Lancaster, they're doing a thir- the big Thursday. They have a, you know, cookout and whatever. They make money from uh, the, the the scholarships they get. My mm-hmm. kid, my, my last son got over there two years of scholarship over there for me. He's smarter. He's smart like Miss Tiger Bryan. You know what I mean? Understand? Yes. But uh, understand. But they, I pray everybody. But hey, I tell you what, y'all worried about hey? What hey? Why why don't why don't we talk about Clemson and North Carolina and South Carolina and Kentucky? Because, hey, you can't jump the ship before you get – you can't jump the boat before you get to the ship. No. Come on now. Well, I think they both have to be concerned, obviously, about their opponents this weekend. I think it's kind of interesting because in the case of Clemson, they're going to be facing a dynamic offense <clears> – <throat> But a defense that they should be able to run against and score points. And South Carolina is going to be facing a better defense in Kentucky. It's going to give them a challenge. Um, and an offense that, too, will, will line up and run the football. So I think you're looking at um, not certain victories for both of the home teams. If they don't play well, they won't win these games. These are not, obviously, walkovers by, by any means. And I think Clemson, with their situation in the secondary, and, you know, with the young guys starting back there, with a Drake May at quarterback and those receivers in Hampton, not only an excellent uh, running back, but very good out of the backfield, uh, that's going to be a real challenge for that secondary. We'll uh, talk with the coaches about that coming up. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, back with you on Sports Talk. Here on the Sports Talk Media Network, Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. On this uh, Wednesday night, in just a moment, we'll have Coach Reedy, Coach Johnson with us, and then a little recruiting for you, and then SC Wild with Major Billy Downer, and what else, what else? Uh, Really just want to talk to the coaches and get their thoughts about the performances of this past weekend and what they expect to see from the teams coming up this coming weekend, and maybe touch on little thing uh, happening here and there in the in the coaching world in the coaching circles um see if there's anything else here to tell you we touched on uh james madison and we told you about the situation at coastal with their quarterback situation uh from south carolina football no new news today about anything related to uh, injuries from what shane beamer had to say yesterday none of the assistant coaches none of the coordinators had anything to add to that what about 
Dabo Sweeney. I know he's talking with the media right now, Chris. Have you seen anything come from him that's new? I have not had really a chance to dissect much of what he said. I do. <laughs> I did think it was funny when I went over to his uh, press conference to uh, download it for the show. He's dressed in like two heavy, heavy coats. I realized there was probably a little chilly in the upstate, but he looks like a Yeti. Mm. He's come inside <laughs> from, the, from the snow and the uh, frozen tundra of Clemson University. It must be a little cold cold up in the upstate tonight but other than that i I have not heard uh, much of what he had to say i would think so i would think that would be the case uh you mentioned about james madison they also turned down the waiver request from jacksonville state Mm -hmm. and tarleton state so all uh, three schools got denied uh the opportunity uh you get to to playoffs. They knew what they were getting into when they signed up for this. It's much like the ACC schools now complaining about the grant of rights deal. Yeah, it was a bad deal, but they signed it. They all wanted it. That's exactly what they wanted. And now they're stuck with it, and so they're going to complain about it and take their ball and go home if they don't get what they want. Same thing here for James Madison. You knew you were going to be ineligible for two years when you transitioned in. Jacksonville State, you knew you had to sit out a certain amount of time when you transitioned in. That's the deal. I'm sorry you're having a great season, but it's not on the NCAA here. Uh It's one of the few times the NCAA has actually shown they've got a backbone and stuck to a rule that now the greater question is, does the rule make any sense? And I'd argue, no, it doesn't, but it's the rule. It's like, should we go 65 miles per hour on the interstate? Does that make sense on an open highway? Probably not, but that's the law. So you have to go 65. Same thing here. I mean, that's the rule. I'm thinking they put that rule in to maybe try to discourage some schools right, absolutely trying did. to jump in for the money uh, when they're not ready to you know mm-hmm. play at that level. That's, that's what I'm thinking. All right, we've got the coaches standing by, so let's get to it. Time for another edition of Chalk Talk here on Sports Talk. We welcome in two of the great minds in the history of college football, not just in this state, but around the world. Two men who have forgotten more about football than you or I would ever know we go offensive with chuck reedy we go defensive with ellis johnson coach reedy good evening how are you i'm doing great phil man i know you had a nice buyout from baylor how how did your buyout compare to jimbo fishers (laughs) (laughs) well let's Put it this way, Ellis's was a lot better than mine was. He's a lot closer to them, Jimbo. <laughs> Ellis, how did yours compare to Jimbo Fisher? That's right. Both of you got nice buyouts. <laughs> I, I did not see Jimbo's detail, but it, it was quite a bit less. <laughs> well, considering as it was broken down by somebody on Twitter that last night while he was sleeping, he made $9,800. <laughs> so... Well, he made he made that money over the last four years, but <laughs> I tell you, I think I had similar terms on when they started paying. That's about it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you both a serious question now. And Ellis, you know, unfortunately for you, you were the victim of a of a one year deal uh, at Southern Miss, and uh, Arnett's the victim of a one year situation there at Mississippi State. Jimbo had more time, but I mean. What do you think is going on in this age, even reaching back to your years, what is going on with these uh, presidents and, and ADs about uh, pulling the trigger? So is it simply they're getting too much pressure from boosters to, to make a change and, 
It's, it's just better to make the change and eat the contract and start anew, but make sure you keep the boosters happy. Well, you got a lot of questions in there. I mean, my situation in some ways was like Zach's. I, I took the job, and before I went down and really started work, AD resigned. Before I coached the next season, the president was gone. Uh, you know, the administrative thing was absolute horror show, and I didn't do my homework. So, you know, obviously some things I didn't do very well either. But it was almost an impossible situation. I think what Zach, the situation and the task he was given with Mike passing in the untimely uh, time of the year and all that, and he made some mistakes maybe, you know, tried to change the offense too much or whatever. But I don't know how you judge it with all the other things that came along with the job. Uh, now, the other thing is the amount of money in it now that's coming from TV and uh, they're paying coaches and now they're paying players. Uh, it's, it's kind of a mentality. You know, you got to have something going in a positive direction immediately. And you better be successful by the second year or we're making a change. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's tough. And that Texas A&M thing, Jimbo's a hell of a football coach. And I've coached against him too many times, and most of them weren't pleasant. He's an excellent football coach. I have to agree with everything Bart said. When you're going to pay somebody $76 million not to work, you better have a good explanation. <laughs> be quite honest with you, you had a pretty good one. It was just stuck. And I don't know why, because he's a heck of a coach, and he's had some good coaches there, but it just seems like everything was not hitting going in the right direction. Yeah, it seems like for a guy who's a quarterback guru, Chuck, he never – uh, could get the quarterback situation quite there at Texas A&M, though he had some talented players come through there. Yeah, well, the, you know, when he was at Florida State, he had Jameis Winston, and he won a national championship. He he never had a quarterback. He never had a a, a guy at A&M that could make a difference that was a, a championship-caliber quarterback. And And, you know, that's the difference. You know, I mean – you know, you look at, you know, the people that win national championship. They got, they have guys at quarterback that, you know, that are that that are difference makers. And he never had that at A and M, you know. And you know, like Ella said, the guy, you know, guys obviously a good football coach. But if you don't have a guy, you know, at quarterback, it's it's very hard to to win at the championship level. And he just never had that. You know, and I'm a, I'm a, I want to go back to what Ellis was saying about his situation and the same situation I had at Baylor. When 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 you you get a job, and president AD, um, they're gone, and they bring in new people, new AD, new president. You know, they're they want their own people, and, and you know they're they're not gonna you know they're not gonna give you to be successful. Um, you know, if, if somebody hires you and, and, you know, they're going to give you the extra year, but if it's, you know, it's another president, another AD, you know, they're not going to do that They're And, and so that's what happens. I mean, people, these guys, they want their own people. They want, you know, they want to make their own hire, but the other side of this coin, and I'll say this, you know these guys, these ads that that give these guys these big buyouts, these big—they're the ones that need to be fired. Hmm. You know, and, and, and you know, and and I'll say the same thing. You know, at South Carolina, 
you know, they gave Muschamp all, uh, a big buyout after one good year. You know, they need to be held accountable. <laughs> you know, I mean, the ADs, you know, they give the big buyouts and then they, they buy them out and they just keep trucking along. Well, that's not right. They need to be held accountable. In the state of Texas, where you were at Baylor, and of course that's a few years ago, So, but I don't know that the mindset has changed. Can you kind of share with us when you were there at Baylor in that state when it comes to college football and the the, the spin whatever is necessary approach, I guess, that some schools have. Maybe Baylor isn't among those. Maybe they are now. I don't know. But what was the, oh, what's, what's the mindset in that state when it comes to college football and doing whatever it takes to win a championship? Well, you have Texas and Texas A&M that money is no object. I mean, I mean, you know, you have to understand. Now, they have uh, uh, oil um, endowments that, you know, that, that fund them, you know, you know, beyond anything we can even imagine, both of them. I mean, money is no object. So, you know, when you, when, you know, everybody, you know, you, you're thinking, well, they can't fire Jimbo because he's got a $76 million buyout. That, that doesn't bother them. Hell, they, now, uh, you know, I mean, they're saying that they're going to pay for it through their, you know, through the athletic, you know, department and all that. And maybe that may be the case, but they've got guys that could write a check for 76 million and never even worry about it. You know, if, if that's what they want, I mean, money is no object now. And even Baylor, I mean, I mean, you, you know, you may think Baylor, but Baylor is the same way. Baylor's got money. Um, you know, Baylor's got big alumni money. Um, you know, so no, anywhere, you know, in TCU, Texas tech, all of them, they've, they've got money. They can do what they want to do. They, and, and A&M, They'll hire whoever they want to hire, and they'll pay them as much as they need to pay them. They will have no embarrassment about going even deeper in their pockets for the next guy than they did with Jimbo. I mean, would they break the bank for the next guy if that's that's what it's going to take? Yeah, Uh, yeah, they'll do whatever they have to do. Now, I don't know who that's going to be. You know, I mean, you know. You you, got a guess? Have have you got a best guess from your your coaching colleagues? You know. No, you know this. You know, no, I, I don't know. I mean, you know the Elko, um, you know Kiffin, you know you you know all the names. Would they take a swing know. at Sweeney? I don't think so. Ellis, would they? Do you think they take a swing at Sweeney, Ellis? Well, I mean, you mean with they contact him, see if he's got interest or what? Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, sure. Well, hell, they probably contact fifty people, see if they're interested. Uh, I, I, I don't see I don't see Dabo being interested in that, but would Texas A&M just put a feeler out there? Sure, he would. But yeah, I don't know how many of those there'll be. Yeah, go ahead, Chuck. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I I, I mean I just I don't think that's a fit for them. But you know, like Ella said, I mean they may put a feeler out. But I mean, Dabo would. I mean, I don't think Dabo. I think Dabo would be crazy if he ever leaves Clemson. But you know, that's another story. But um, no, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You, you have to look at what the pool is. 
you know, it's not going to be normal. I mean, surely to God, they're not going to go back to Florida State. Hmm. I think it's going to be Elko. Uh, you, you know, the guy, you know, Kiffin is, is an interesting guy, but he's, you know, whether they want to deal with that, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know who else they would go after that they could get. Um, it's going to be an interesting, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Absolutely. Chalk Talk with Chuck Ellis. Um, I'm sorry, with Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. Chuck Ellis combined the two. Uh, let's go to the football real quick. Got about four minutes left. So uh, Ellis, uh, Clemson defense, uh, looked like they put it together uh, pretty well against Georgia Tech. Seems like um, they're finding some stuff there on defense and then offensively continuing to run the football. Seems like they might be uh, reaching their peak here down the stretch of the season. Yeah, I, I don't know about Pete, but I think that they realize what the problems were, and it seems to me they got the message to them. You know, stop turning the ball over or you won't play. And on defense, I think they, they were already doing what they were supposed to be doing. I think they're doing a little bit better job now, uh, you know, maybe cutting off explosive plays. Uh, their plan coming in was obviously to bring pressure and get to the quarterback, both in the run game and the passing game. And – uh you know, I thought obviously it proved out to be good. You know, a good plan. That that kid uh, King was kind of a dual threat and was a key to the whole offense. And they did a good job of, of pressuring him. Now in the process, they gave up a couple of three explosive runs in the first half, but because of good field position, and except for one time, the offense gave him the ball on the positive twenty-five yard line to get a touchdown. Other than that, they had five punts. Came back out of the second half. Had two punts and three interceptions in a row, and one almost for a touchdown. So they didn't give up part of anything until the, they put the backups in late, and they did not play well. But uh, yeah, I think the defense is is really playing extremely well. If they stay healthy, you know, they've got a chance to win every game. But I think one other factor that's really big is offense did a better job early in the game, at least moving the football a little bit, punting the ball, not turning it over up for once and uh that was that was a big factor you know that george tech had two deep balls open early in the game and they didn't hit them but the reason he couldn't hit them is because they were pressuring him pretty good and hitting him and knocking him around and uh, they couldn't get the running game going so overall it was a very good game for the defense and you know they're going to have to play even better this week they faced a whole lot different quarterback this week mm, no question and and chuck on the gamecocks uh, of course, they took care of their business against Vanderbilt, a, a feel-good win. Uh, and I think, again, with Rattler and Leggett, uh, they got a couple of other weapons coming up. Now Brown is helping them. Uh, Knox will be back. Simon's emerging. What do you think of this offense last two games here, but in particular against this Kentucky team, which has a, a good defensive front? If, if they can somehow hold up on the offensive line, you got to think Rattler will have a chance. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, they had a had a good game and, and you know a feel good like you said feel good game. You know Rattler and Leggett are big time. I mean they they really are. Um, but you know they're going to have to play really well. Still can't run the ball. You know they had you know less than hundred yards. You know other than the long run. You know by Mario. Um, you know so it, you know it, it'll all come down to, to protecting. Rattler and um, you know and but you know it'll be tough. I, I think it's going to be a tough game for them. 
Well, see how uh, Kentucky feels after getting banged around there pretty good at home by, uh, by Alabama and see what the post-Alabama effect is. Guys, we appreciate it as always. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll get with you next week before the holiday and take a look at the big game between the uh, Gamecocks and the Tigers. Ellis, thanks very much. Great hearing from you. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, and Chuck, thank you, my friend. Great hearing from you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, man. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's very nice. Ellis didn't wish me happy birthday, but that's See, they okay. did remember. Well, maybe that'd be a good reason. Maybe you be, I, I ordered one of those dead gum uh, – <laughs> Uh, emergency meal packs the other day. I, we still haven't gone to lunch. Let's go. We'll, let's go we'll, eat, eat lunch for your birthday. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll call you. Keep your phone charged. Oh, <laughs> Checks in the mail. Thank Checks you. Checks in the mail. I'll call you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ellis Johnson and <laughs> Chuck Reedy with us here on Sports Side. We did have a scheduled lunch one time but he had to cancel he had to back out we'll we'll get together on that all right we got to run to the break by the way uh pat found this out he went back and looked it up what was um ellis got 2.1 million from southern miss oh i meant that off air but yeah yeah it, what i found online the public info was seven hundred thousand dollars per year for three years yeah that's public information and Congrats, then, ellis. then he went to um i think it was it auburn he went to and and made a, a nice chunk of change there for a few years. Okay, we'll be back with recruiting. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports, and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train, receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Hi, this is Major Billy Downer, and coming up tonight at 730, it's another edition of SC Wild from the Department of Natural Resources on the Sports Talk Media Network. 
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step to Towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people. And it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. Listen. Okay, recruiting report brought to you by Seawells. Don't forget Seawells for the best in the catering world. At 803-771-7385, that's their number, online at sewellscateringsc.com, and the daily luncheon buffet tomorrow from 11 till 3. So again, USC women get the commitment from Joyce Edwards of Camden, and the USC men expected to get a commitment here in the next few minutes from guard Eli Ellis from North Carolina in the 25 class. Football 25 center Isaac Sowell, 6'2", 292 of Louisville, Plans to be at South Carolina for the Kentucky game. They offered him in the summer after camp. He's taken a bunch of visits this season for games, but South Carolina definitely a factor with him, and he sounds like the prototypical center. Long arms, can move you off the line, uh, can pull and lead sweeps and things like that. So South Carolina, a major factor there. 26 corners of avian currents of South Point will be at Ohio State this weekend. 26 receiver Jude Hall of Christ Church plans to be at USC. Clemson commitment receiver T.J. Moore of Tampa plans to be at Clemson Saturday. Strom Thurmond receiver Braylon Staley, a Tennessee commitment that USC's been trying to get involved with again, plans to be at Tennessee Saturday. 25 receiver David Rodriguez of Providence visited Clemson today after stopping at USC on Tuesday. He's returning to USC for the game Saturday, of course, as we told you last week about him. His grandmother lives near Columbia, so he's down visiting her and making these uh, recruiting visits. That'll do it. And uh, we're going to hit the break. Be back with SC Wild with Major Billy Downer. 
Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another edition of SC Wild from DNR with the Major, Billy Downer, with us here on Sports Talk. Great to have the Major with us. If you want to reach him, that phone number, 888 898-2525. You've been working on your duck calling. That was very, very good. Well, you know, it's easy. Oops. Looks like we had a little audio drop out there, so stand by, everybody. That was a terrific duck call by Major Downer there. That was uh, sharp. It was uh, it was breaking. Like, if, if you were out in the outdoors, you would hear that breaking through the air. That would That would attract, I think, any duck within about 500 yards. Any duck that hears that major is coming is come a calling oh, yeah. if you if they hear that. Uh, yes, that's easy when you're using a waterfowl company duck call. Those guys out of Sumter, South Carolina, that make that call, uh, give them a little prop tonight. The waterfowl company. It's always nice to give a South Carolina company a little bit of a prop. So sure deal. Yep. So we are we are absolutely bringing in waterfowl season come the 18th. Is when we're ringing in. We had Youth Day this past Saturday, um, and this Saturday we'll ring in the first uh, season of uh, for waterfowl this Saturday, the 18th, which will be what we call typically the Thanksgiving season, the 18th through the 25th, so Thanksgiving week. Uh, and there's a lot of people probably already out there tonight, shivering in a boat, <laughs> sitting somewhere, trying to hold the hole. Yeah. Over the ducks they found, trying to keep everybody else away from them. But anyway, three day, uh, three days uh, in advance. Uh, somebody's probably been out there five, six, seven days in advance. Wow, there's some real hardcore people out there. Oh yeah, we are. I will say, pound for pound, South Carolina duck hunters are probably some of the hardest hunters out there because we hunt for so little. <laughs> we just have to hunt for so little duck that uh, it, it's we're used to hunting hard, and when you go somewhere else. You won't out-hunt somebody from South Carolina because we have to hunt so hard here. Uh, but anyway, waterfowl season's coming, so I want to go through some of the things um, that we usually do when we start waterfowl season. The first thing I'll talk about a little bit is just uh, where our ducks, as far as duck numbers, look like right now. You know, it's a little early. We haven't really had a lot of cold weather. I uh, have heard of some rainnecks been moving into some of the local ponds, as they typically do early. Teal have moved through. Uh, blue wings uh, move through already. Uh, there are, you know, typical your gadwall, your green wing teal, um, a smattering here and there of, of scalp, uh, camasback, uh, you know, a weird pintail here or there. Uh, the coast, of course, getting a bit larger flights in, and as we get further through the year, get toward December, we'll see even uh, larger numbers. Um, and wood ducks, you know, it's going to be kind of hard right now. It's been really dry the last uh, few months, and in locally in the Midlands here, it's been almost drought conditions, so swamps are dry, which concentrates wood ducks to water holes if you can find the water. 
but it's just hard to hunt a wood duck in the swamp when the swamp's dry. So that's typically uh, the way you see success with wood ducks. We've had plenty of rainfall, swamps, beer ponds are flooded, uh, and you get a lot of opportunities for wood ducks. So that's kind of the state of things right now uh, for us uh, across the state. But uh, as far as the season limits this year, uh, the limits this year are still six total. Uh, I'm going to go through this, and, and, and folks that don't know about this, this will seem very boring. Hmm. But to those of us that have been doing this for years, we understand the terminology. Uh, you get six total, including no more than four mallards, of which two can be hens. That's two hens. Uh, two green hens, two hens, or four green hens. Um, you can have three wood ducks. Uh, you can have two of the following, redheads, scoff, um, two per day, uh, November 11th and 18th and 25th, uh, December 12th through 22nd. So uh, through the 22nd of December, scalp the limits two. After that, it's going to go back to one, and that's just because the numbers are so low on scalp. A little confusing, but right now, open season comes in. You can kill two scalp. Canvas packs, one, you know, you can kill two of the following. You can kill two canvas packs this year, uh, one pintail, one fullest whistling duck, or one black-bellied whistling duck. Black ducks and mala ducks are, are in the table below. When you go into the rules and regs, you know, black ducks for areas east and south of Interstate 95, one black or one mala duck in the total bag. Uh, for areas west and north of I-95, two black ducks or one black duck and one mala duck. Now, west and north of 95, you're not going to see a mala duck probably to begin with. Mm. Uh, the mala ducks are a coastal bird, and the reason we try to limit you to one and one on the coast is so that folks won't take too many. So it's one black duck uh, and a model duck, uh, no more than um, one of each of those or one of the other. Uh, but you have one in, both of one black and one model duck. It's a little bit different. Uh, so a complete bag limit, you could have four mallards, which could include two green heads, two hens, one black duck, and one model duck in a six-gun limit. Mm. Um, you, you, you could see that, uh, which is... Uh, used not to be the case for many years. Folks can remember when the four mallard limit also included one brown duck, which included a model duck or black duck. So um, we've we've graduated from that, and we really trust people to to know how to identify those birds better. Uh, model ducks, hens, a uh, hen mallard, and a black duck all are similar to the undiscerning eye, but to a good waterfowler, it's pretty easy to tell the difference. Black ducks are very dark. I call them a very chocolate. Almost, we call them black because in the air they look very dark. They have a lot of chocolate in their feathers, a deep chocolate to the main body of the feather. Uh, and then your model ducks have the light touches around it. They are darker than a hen mallard, and they have a really light head. Um, uh, they do have you know, typically your orange feet, uh, and they'll have a yellow bill or a yellow model bill where a mallard hen will have an orange bill. So those are the differences you'll see right off the bat between mallard duck, black duck, and, and, and hen mallards. But those are the things that have befuddled many a waterfowler throughout the years in their trying to determine what, you know, what to shoot, what not to shoot. And so many people choose not to duck hunt because they can't figure out the difference in the species. Of course, six total, you can kill six widgeon, you can kill six gadwall, you can kill six teal. Um, if, if you happen upon them. So those are the birds you can kill six. One um, change of note 
particularly in the Midlands of South Carolina, if you hunted around Lake Marion and Clarendon County for years, as far back as I can remember, you could not shoot geese uh, during the regular waterfowl season. The only time that you could shoot geese was during the early season, special goose season in September. That has changed. If you look in the rules and regs, you're not going to find the exclusion zone that used to be there. Uh, we have went from excluding the whole county, anything around Lake Marion, to just a section of Clarendon County, and now that complete exclusion zone, zone is gone. So if you're hunting on Lake Marion, in and around Lake Marion, on, on Remini, there is no exclusion zone. Uh, limits do apply to Canada geese. Uh, the standard uh, limit's five per day. So a Canada goose uh, is uh, able to be taken this year in the Rimini area around Lake Marion, there is no exclusion zone. So that is a change. And if you look for it, you just won't find it, which is uh, one of the things sometimes it's hard to tell if you're looking for a change when you can't see anything. The exclusion zones were removed, and it's not there anymore. So because it's not there, it's not illegal. So uh, that's a major change for waterfowlers in the Lake Marion uh, Moultrie area uh, there. So moving forward as we prepare for duck season, you know, the things we need to talk about as far as license requirements, right? Sure, remember, you have to have several different types of licenses. Your state hunting license, first and foremost. Your migratory bird permit, the HIP program, Harvest Information Program, the migratory bird permit, which is different from the migratory waterfowl permit. Migratory bird permit's free. It's where you answer the series of questions. How many doves did you shoot last year? How many ducks? How many geese? How many coots? Uh, those questions there. Uh, that's free. Then you have to have your migratory waterfowl permit. That's the state, what we used to call the old state duck stamp. Um, and you have to have that. And then in addition to that, you have to have your federal waterfowl stamp. Now, all of these can be purchased online. I remember the days when everybody would be rushing to the post office to try to find the federal duck stamp, and the different post offices would run out, inevitably, especially smaller towns. they run out of duck stamps, and people would be freaking out. Well, hmm. We live in a, a new world today. You can go online and you can purchase your federal duck stamp through the DNR app. Going to, you know, remember, you know, you can go to Go Outdoors SC, Go Outdoors SC, uh, and you can download that app on your phone. You can load your license up and you can order everything you need right there on your phone, including the electronic federal waterfowl stamp endorsement. Now, when you buy the electronic waterfowl stamp, first thing everybody wants to know is what do I sign? When you buy the electronic waterfowl stamp, you get to put the date it begins, and you have 45 days it's good for. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, when you put the date it's going to start, that's when it starts. You have 45 days. Uh, so it's good for 45 days electronically, technically. They have a month and a half to mail you the stamp. After 45 days, you're supposed to have the stamp sign it across the face like we always have, and affix that to your license. Um, we are quickly moving to an electronic stage. Our officers now are looking electronically on your phone. Uh, when I was working dove season this year, I, I mentioned that in an earlier show, that I was starting to see people that hand me their phone, and they'd show me their license on the phone, and that's completely fine. And that electronic order file stamp, we will accept. If you, we see that electronic order file stamp, as long as you part it before that day, you know, for the moment we can check you, um, you're in good shape. Uh, so, you know, in that electronic age, you can buy it the morning you go duck hunting. It's okay. That morning before you go, you can do all your licenses right there. Uh, the days when you get out in the boat, you go, oh, my gosh, I might have forgot this. 
get on your phone and you can get that that license uh, right then and there before the before the sun even comes up. So those are things to think about in the modern age we're in uh, electronically. That's what we're where we've moved to. So all these things you have to purchase license wise can be actually purchased on your phone, or you can go to Walmart or to your local sporting goods store as you always have to our license vendors and purchase a license there. And they may have a federal waterfowl stamp to say you're right there. But you can still order it electronically at the vendor at Walmart as well. So those are things to keep in mind. Again, the federal waterfowl stamp is good for 45 days. When you get that physical stamp in the mail, you sign it and affix it to your license. So those are license requirements. When it comes to shooting ducks, the other rules that apply, remember, you cannot take waterfowl over bait, bait is anything that is can be construed as food or any type of uh, foodstuffs, corn, wheat, anything that ducks would eat. You, you can't shoot ducks or a bait. Now, people go, well, how in the world is shooting a duck pond that's planted corn flooded, not bait? Well, because the federal law actually allows for agricultural crops to be flooded. Not manipulated, but flooded. As long as they're flooded, and as crops are standing and have not been bothered, you're in good shape. You can hunt that field all you want. Uh, just like you've been hunting rice fields forever uh, on the coast or rice fields in Arkansas or wherever uh, that have been, you know, properly, you know, as far as been harvested, then they flood them. That's also fine as long as it was a natural, a normal harvest practice. So uh, those are some of the rules we get into that get real sticky. But as far as hunting, you know, your gun. If it's double barrel, double barrel, over and under, you're good to go. Side by side, you're good to go. No worries there. But if you have a pump or semi-automatic shotgun, uh, you must have a gun that's incapable of holding more than three shells. That means that there must be a plug in the, ma in the magazine to, hold, to prevent that gun from holding more than three shells at one time, one in the chamber and two underneath, as we like to say. Uh, Underneath, as long as that gun will not carry more than two normal length shells, you're in good shape. If it'll take a third shell, we got a problem. That's called shooting hunting ducks without a plug or with an improper plug. So make sure your gun is properly plugged so it cannot contain more than three shells. Speaking of shells, non-toxic shot is mandatory. Used to be we used to say steel shot, but there's so many producers out there that are approved by the federal government to produce what's called non-toxic shot, because again, now it's 40 years ago, they determined that uh, you know lead shot was causing uh, death in ducks or ingesting it. Uh, there was so much lead shot on, in fields and in the water that birds would ingest that lead shot and they were dying from lead poisoning. So they took lead out uh, and made us use, start using steel shot. Steel, steel actually is lighter than lead, so it's actually faster. It has really fast loads. There's some loads today that boast 1,550 feet per second, so really fast loads out there. Uh, but you can have steel. You can have bismuth. You can have uh, tungsten. Uh, tungsten. There's a couple of different varieties out there that are all um, um, approved by U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, a couple of really cool loads. Uh, there's one here in South Carolina actually made uh, that I saw today that was really cool. I, I did not know that Migra ammunition is made right here in South Carolina. They've got some really cool loads. They do what's called a stacks load. 
where they combine two different size shot, like a two and a four together. So a smaller shot like four and a larger shot like two together, which really makes a nice, uh, a nice pattern. They make that in 20 gauge. They make that in 12 gauge. Uh, of course, you know, Miger's a, a little more expensive shell, but I don't know what isn't anymore. Uh, shells, uh, 20, a box of 25 shells may cost you $30 anymore and up. Uh, so folks pay $40, $50 for 10 turkey sh- shells. So I don't know why you wouldn't worry about paying $30 for 25 mm. for ducks, but, uh, but that's some of the cost you pay uh, to play the game. But uh, Miger shells here in South Carolina, very good shell. Uh, but anyway, any non-toxic shell. So beyond that, also, you know, just making sure your shooting times. You cannot shoot before, 30 minutes before sunrise. It's 30 minutes before sunrise, official sunrise until sunset. So 30 minutes before sunrise until sunset. That doesn't mean 45 minutes before sunrise. I don't care what MS does around you. You wait until 30 minutes before because I can tell you, People get charged for shooting 15 minutes early. That's too early. Um, and it's just an unfair advantage, and it's too dark. People can't identify. The reason for that is people can't identify the birds. So you want to make sure you got enough light to be able to identify birds. And even at 30 minutes prior, sometimes it can be difficult. So pick your shots. I used to always tell people when I was guiding them, take one shot at a time, particularly first light. When you get that first flight of ducks, if you're in a waterfowl, a big pond or on the lake, and you get a flight of ducks in, shoot one at a time unless you're absolutely sure what you're shooting at uh, because you never know what may fall if you shoot twice. You could shoot two hens back in the day when you can only shoot one hen, Mallard. So uh, those are the things you had to watch out for. But shooting time again, 30 minutes before sunrise until official sunset. So, again, to recap the main rules, gun must be properly plugged. You have a license, properly licensed. Your gun must be plugged. You have to have shells that are non-toxic and approved by the Fish and Wildlife Service. And you have to have it, make sure you shoot between the right times and, of course, not shooting anywhere that is baited. Many people used to take corn and pour out in the swamp and go hunt, which would gather ducks and con- concentrate them, and that made an unfair advantage for you to shoot too many. Uh, so that's why it's illegal to bait. Now, a lot of folks have a problem with the planted ponds because they feel like that's legal baiting. Well, that's a whole other topic for another day. But a lot of ponds are out there planted are providing great habitat uh, and feeding ground for waterfowl that are wintering here in South Carolina that not only go to that pond, but also go to the lake where our public can shoot. So it's great we have all this great habitat around us that's been built in the last 20 years that has really made a South Carolina a great holdover for a lot of ducks, a lot more than we've had in a long time. Um, so... Those are the things to think about as we go into waterfowl season here. Um, again, I can't get out of the show without talking about safety for a brief minute. So before we end up tonight, Phil, let's just remind folks, when you're duck hunting, most of the time you're going to be standing in a blind or in tight quarters in a boat. Make sure that you identify the areas in which it's safely to shoot, safe to shoot. We call them fields. You identify your zone of fire. Uh, that zone of fire is the area in which you can safely shoot. If you're on the left side of the boat, you can shoot straight out in front of you and to your left like a clock around 9 you know, to 9 o'clock, maybe 8 o'clock. If you're on the right side of the boat, you can shoot from 12 o'clock all the way around the 3, 4, 5 o'clock maybe. But, uh, yeah, so it's like a clock. You can shoot out in front of you and to the left and out in front of you and to the right on the right side. 
if you start shooting across your neighbor, that's when we have problems. When people swing on ducks and get target focused, we've had people a uh, long time ago, some really bad accidents where people have swung the gun and pulled the trigger on the buddy next to them. So make sure you stay in your zone of fire. If you're hunting with dogs, make sure your guns are out of the way of the dog. We've had dogs step on guns and guns go off and people get hurt. You know, don't lay your gun in the bottom of the boat. Make sure you got a good gun rest. Even a duck blind, make sure you got a good gun rest, a notch, something, so that gun won't slide down and go off on your neighbor's foot next to you. Again, in duck blinds, same thing, tight quarters. Choose your zone of fire. Know where it's your area to safely shoot. Don't shoot outside of it. Distances. Here's one of those. It's not, there's not a law on any of this I'm talking about now. These aren't laws. These are what we call ethics. When you're on the lake, Remember where everybody else is hunting around you. Don't get too close to somebody else. Don't get 100 yards from somebody. You know, shot will travel easily 200 yards. At the right angle, it's going to go 200 yards. So minimum distance from someone else, at least 200 yards. Uh, don't shoot towards somebody else. I've had it happen myself. You're shooting out there in the water. You shoot, especially with some of these non-toxic loads. The, the, uh, the pellets aren't exactly perfectly round, and they'll scatter out a little bit and fly off. So you don't shoot even in the direction towards someone else. Uh, in these duck ponds, make sure you identify where the other blinds are so you don't swing on another blind and scatter them a shot. That's just one of those no-nos. Make sure you know where everybody else is hanging around you. Determine your safe zone of fire and stay within it. You know, we talk about dove field safe zone of fire up and down. You, know, you don't want to ground swat birds on the water if you can help it. Um, you know, if people do it, when you get a duck down, you want to make sure you – you take that duck that and you put it down. You want to make sure it's, it's not swimming off. Um, you know, some people make those shots. But remember, when you shoot across the water, that shot can ricochet. And there's dogs out there. If you hunt with a dog like I do, you want to make a dog guy mad, shoot on the water when his dog's in the water. They'll get very upset with you. So just be careful and think through what you're doing. Again, know your zone of fire. Stay within it. We want everybody to have an enjoyable waterfowl season, a great opener on Saturday. We want you to come home, enjoy Thanksgiving next week, so you can go out and hunt again. Those are wise, those are our wise words. Yes, sir. Outsta- now, we won't talk to you again before Thanksgiving in our last minute. Tell everybody your favorite injection uh, sauce, your favorite injection fluid for uh, deep frying those turkeys, what, what you like to use. You know, everybody argues over that. What's the best injectable? I, I always like the Creole butter, the Cajun injectable Creole butter. It's always a fan favorite for turkeys, uh, for any uh, table bird fare. Uh, so the Cajun injectable, and you can find that pretty much every store yep. throughout South Carolina, from the Piggly Wiggly to the Publix. All right, real quick. To the Harris Teeter. Where, at what point during the fry do you inject or do you inject prior to dropping? Inject prior to dropping, always. Okay. Not afterwards, always. So that juice gets heated up with that turkey too. Huh. You wouldn't want to put that raw juice in there afterwards. You want to inject before yeah. you fry. And the biggest secret about frying is you don't want to take the turkey out too early and they have to put it back in. When you pull it out, you want it to come out to maintain that juicy texture, pull it out at the right moment. Time is everything. You got that right. Major, Grandpa, thank you. I know you're excited about having uh, your first Thanksgiving with your new little one. Absolutely. We'll have a lot of fun. 
Christmas is just around the corner, so Grandpa's already thinking about all the big presents he can buy. <laughs> I love it. Major, thank you so much. That was great stuff. I hope people learned uh, a little or a lot from everything you had to say. You were well-versed in that, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks, sir. Same to y'all. Appreciate you. Major Billy Downer, who, for those of you who don't know, a couple of weeks ago became a granddad for the first time. So we love calling him Grandpa. That's going to do it. And thank you, Pat Daniel. Uh, for those of you listening to us on our stream, I'd like to report that we have eradicated our audio issues. And hopefully moving forward, uh, you'll find a much cleaner and uh, consistent audio stream from us. So thank you, Pat, for working on that. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow here on Sports Talk.